Hey there, friends, and welcome to the What's What Podcast Edition. Wait, you're not Matt. Yeah, where the heck's Matt? Oh my gosh, it's come to this. Alex is clearly jealous of Matt's success hosting the What's What and has kidnapped him in order to take his place. <laughs> I love that you use that same tone that Matt does on the I What's really What. I really have been practicing. <laughs> Matt's on vacation and a much-deserved one, so that's mm. where we are. I see. That's exactly what you want us to think. Honestly, the things I put up with. Well, anyways, I'm your host today. Fill in host. Well, fill in host Alex Drinker, joined by two of my favorite people in the entire world, Sarah Hillstrom. Hey there. And Celeste Richardson. Hello. All right. Since I'm already talking, I'm going to jump right in for our first trend. Amazon is taking the wind out of the holiday sales for other retailers. You know, Amazon is kind of like Martha May and Whoville always trying to obnoxiously outdo everyone when it comes to the holiday season. <laughs> I like that analogy. Um, and that's totally on point. So the econ behemoth touts more drivers, warehouses, and planes to ease the supply chain crisis to save Christmas this holiday shopping season. And they really expect a crush of orders in the coming weeks. And strategically, this could potentially give Amazon a competitive advantage. Uh, John Felton, the SVP of Delivery Services, said that their team has had or has been working hard for months, focusing on capacity, demand planning uh, in order to balance their customer needs against any supply chain or transportation challenges that may occur. I'm happy that they're on top of everything. I really am. <laughs> I got to be honest. This is actually really great because I was just reading how the next challenge for supply chain is actually going to be a shortage of warehouse space. Which is interesting. I know. So Amazon's physical infrastructure is a huge, huge advantage for them over its rivals. Um, I don't know if you guys knew this, but they can store inventory in warehouses that also serve as an import way station. I did not know that. They're not the only ones. I know. Hmm. <laughs> well, guess what? So can Walmart, Target, the Home Depot, and Best Buy. But what I think is going to give Amazon the edge is they have 85 aircrafts. 50,000 trailers, and 150,000 seasonal workers they plan to hire ahead of the holidays. So bottom line, the biggest, most powerful retailers out there are going to come out unscathed this holiday season, but everyone else might get pummeled. Uh, well, and it sounds like they're just going to keep building. They already have 800 delivery stations and plan to build 700 more. So Amazon is also pulling inventory into warehouses from additional ports and has doubled its ability to process shipping containers and expanded its network of ocean freight carriers. So they are definitely putting themselves ahead of the pack here. They are putting themselves ahead of the pack for everything. So they might <laughs> as well just take over everything. You know, with as much bad news as we've had for the holiday season, I'm actually glad this looks positive. So first, they'll take over the holiday shopping season. Then they can take world domination. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. But you know what won't help when Amazon takes over the world? Gold hard cash. <laughs> Do people still use cash? That's a good question. I mean, think about how often you personally made a trip to the ATM in the last couple mm. of years. I mean, I've been it a few times, like when the Tooth Fairy comes to visit Gray, and uh, it pays a lot more than I thought it would, that's for sure. <laughs> I think the Tooth Fairy needs to start accepting Venmo. <laughs> I second that. <laughs> All right. Well, with customer expectations evolving towards experience, efficiency, and convenience, and the global pandemic making coin and cash even less attractive, yuck, the adoption of digital wallets and contactless payments has propelled us 
even closer to a truly cashless society, which some say could be just a couple years away. Yeah. I mean, we're going to have to teach our grandchildren about cash and VCRs and all those other fun things that they're not going to get to experience. What a world. I I think there might be people right now we have to teach about that. That's true. (laughs) All right. So in brick and mortar retailing, accepting cash is also costly, time consuming, and not to mention pretty icky. Please pass the hand sanitizer. But basically from store open to store close, cash is touched, counted, recounted, taken in, given out, moved around, and finally reconciled and deposited in the bank. And it may just be that the benefits of accepting cash just aren't worth it anymore. Operational costs and the risks of doing so. So I think retailers are on board with this trend, too. For sure. Uh, And while the eventual migration to a cashless society, it's not being overlooked in the CPG world either. CPG giants are investing to really meet the needs of these modern customers through elevated conveniences. So I don't know. Do you guys remember when you had to have like quarters, nickels and dimes to get a bag of chips from a vending machine? (laughs) Sure do. I do. Yeah. I mean, it was painful, but those days are over because cashless vending machines have all but become the norm. Thank goodness. Um, And another example is Kraft Heinz. They invested $12 million uh, in Series A backing Zippin, a provider of AI-powered cashierless checkout experiences. So they're definitely making a big move there. I mean, everybody's investing and it all comes down to providing a seamless customer experience too, right? So that leads me to my next trend, which is Google getting into omni-channel commerce. Interesting. Go on. Well, you could just Google it, and that's where you could find the information, where I could kind of talk to you guys. Good point. BRB. (laughs) Oh, I'll save you the time. I'll save you the time. So (laughs) Google essentially wants in. Search engine giant has been making a concentrated push into commerce since the start of the pandemic. And they indicated lately on their latest earnings report that they're now trying to move outside of online to support retailers' omni-channel strategies as people begin to shop more in store, which we still know takes up a lion's share of the revenue going into these retailers. Yeah, this is super interesting. It's a it's a really smart move. Yeah, let's hope so. I mean, they need to journey beyond traditional search shopping as brick and mortar starts to open up, especially in light of the new privacy changes, potentially impacting their business long term. And so for retail, it's really about expanding shopping within YouTube, along with more experimental offerings like Google Lens. Do you remember that? and other image recognition technology. Um, So brands like Sephora, Target, Walmart, they've all started testing live streaming events. And uh, Google really hopes that those events and similar events are going to bridge the gap within stores in the next few years. I love this trend. And I love that the CG world is on board too. Um, Starting November 15th, the platform is going to host a week-long YouTube holiday stream and shop, which I have to be honest, kind of sounds cozy if I can just do it from my couch with a cup of cocoa. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) It's going to let viewers browse products and redeem offers. Big fan of offers, too. (laughs) So retailers and CG brands are already signed up. And uh, as a lot of us know, China usually leads some of these trends. And this process has been a huge hit there where live commerce is on track to be $423 $423 billion by the end of next year. Yeah, wow. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't call that a skimpy number by any means, would you, Devin? Absolutely not. <laughs> hey, Devin, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, y'all. And uh, speaking of skimpy, that's what I'm here to talk about. Okay, mm, yeah. that sounds risque. Yeah. Think about our audience. I'm a little curious to see where you're going with this one, Devin. (laughs) Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's not what you think. 
uh, inflation, we all have heard, has arrived like that uninvited, obnoxious party guest or podcast crasher. But another more troublesome party crasher is hiding behind them with skimpflation, which basically is where companies are performing fewer services for the same prices. Think the last time you were on the road in a hotel and that hotel eliminated maid service or the store that closes early at 7 p.m. instead of 9 or Disney eliminating their tram service in the parking lot. That is bad. (laughs) Yes, that is bad. So as costs rises, companies know that raising prices too much or too quickly can drive consumers away. Yeah, I mean, it's important to understand your customer. Um, and when it comes to your customer, understanding essentially what truly matters to them or what they truly value. So for example, Hampton Inn probably needs to return their hot breakfast as it's a key part of the brand and eggs, waffles, sausage, people go there or that. I don't think that's what you want to eliminate. Um, although the free muffins at the bed and breakfast can probably be cut. Although I just stayed at one this past weekend. If they cut that, I probably would have given them a negative rating. So (laughs) I think it's all about just figuring out what you can give and take to kind of create a better customer experience or not to impede on the customer experiences that your customers come to expect from you as a brand. Exactly, Alex. It's what's critical to your brand. So those are great points. And honestly, for years, consumer goods companies have been taking product out and putting in air, which is its cousin shrinkflation. But as the lines between CG and retail blur, it'll be interesting to see if these companies cut things like the M&M store that are good for building their brand or if they focus on more down the line costs. Yeah, man, I really hope Lego doesn't cut the Lego experience because I'd be having some really unhappy kids at the house if that were to happen. Super sad. Yeah, <laughs> we don't we don't we don't want that. No one no. needs that. No. All right. Well, thank you very much for the insightful trend delivery, Devin. And uh, as always, we are so happy to have our special guest on the team. Uh, packed into the rest of our newsletter, you'll find our Goodreads, where you'll learn more about the Alibaba Group gearing up for their shopping festival, how brands are convincing consumers to get their shopping game on, why retailers prepping for a tidal wave of returns, and why Walgreens is making an investment into Village MD. And before we send you back into the real world, Celeste, what have you brought us for this week's products that spark a little joy in our lives? This is a really special one, and it's a fan favorite in the Richardson household. So uh, who says that you have to daydream about a galaxy far, far away when you can just invite it in your home? So the blue lights skylight will make you feel like you're floating in a nebula with its selection of LED star projector themes. And, you know, our kids, they get a kick out of this projector, but it's not just meant to entertain them. I mean, you had me floating in a nebula, to be honest. (laughs) same so you can use this anywhere in your house so from your bathroom think like turning it into a soothing spot to your study uh you know an intergalactic game room basically it's cool in just about every room in your house even the laundry room celeste (laughs) i mean especially the laundry room isn't that so relaxing to do your laundry in outer space But uh, the there are static and moving options, so you can select whichever calms you. And it's ar- arguably a gadget that's just out of this world. So it's a great holiday gift for, for kids or adults alike. Well, make sure you place your orders quickly because we know that supply chain issues will probably cause some challenges moving forward. 
Well, it seems this is the end of my very short podcast reign. Uh, and so I guess I will be saying goodbye at the end of this podcast. Does this mean you're actually going to let Matt out of that locked room now, Alex? I am still debating that, but I guess you'll find out on the next edition of the What's What podcast. <laughs> Maybe work on that evil laugh. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I think that's it. I'm out. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.